1: My name is Kate Lands, and I just had the great pleasure of being interviewed by Dr. Karen on her Voice of Leadership podcast. And I, I hope you'll stay tuned and listen in. We talk about brain sex difference in the workplace and the enormous benefits that come from the insights of understanding the differences between the male and female brain. We talk about how those insights are invaluable in being a parent and in your marriage. And we get really practical about how you can apply this in your workplace. So please enjoy the podcast. Thank you.
0: Are you one of those people who believes there's no difference between men and women? Well, I say viva la difference between men and women. And so does my special guest today. So stay tuned to hear why that difference is valuable and important. So my special guest today is Kate Lanz. And Kate has more than 20 years of experience as a leadership coach. And also, she has an outstanding track record of success as a senior executive. Kate was the first female and the youngest international general manager at the Agio Company. It was in this role that Kate developed an interest in the psychology of the working environment. So after her corporate career, Kate trained in psychology and specifically in neuropsychology. She focuses on the power of modern neuroscience for releasing latent brain potential at work. She's the founder and CEO of MindBridge, an executive coaching and business performance consultancy, specializing in applied neuroscience. She's based in the UK and she's continuing her doctoral research on brain gender differences in business. And she works with many different global clients. Kate's recent book, All the Brains in the Business, explores how businesses can properly value brain gender difference at work. This, in fact, continues to be the biggest untapped source of competitive advantage. So stay tuned with me and Kate as we unpack all of the good news. So Kate, thank you so much for being here with me today on The Voice of Leadership and also Dr. Karen Speaks Leadership. Fantastic. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's so glad to have you. And in fact, what we're talking about today is quite important. So I'm just going to launch right in and we'll just get started. So first of all, Kate, you know, we are just living in a time when people want to say that there really is no difference between men and women. And yet your research shows that there are some major gender differences. So let's start there. What are some of those major differences?
1: yes yeah absolutely there are there are neurobiologically there are about 100 uh, differences that one will see between the male and the female brain from a leadership perspective my personal view is about 30 of those are really interesting and important to understand and if i take one of the um the really exciting pieces of recent research it's the way the neural connectivity is different between the male brain and the female brain. So the neural connectivity in the male brain runs much more from front to back inside each hemisphere. And the neural connectivity, the dominant patterning in the female brain runs very much between hemispheres. So, so what does that mean? What that lens brings is a different way of paying attention so um, the male brain is more likely to go from sensory input to coordinated output. The female brain is more likely to go from sensory input to emergent iterative output. Of course, all of this is, is, you know, it's it's happening on average, but the but the research is is very clear on that particular piece. So I think that's a very useful and fascinating thing to understand about brain sex difference. We pay attention in different ways, and we can use that different type of attention to great advantage in the workplace and generally,
0: actually. Well, let me ask something about that then. For those who might not remember their biology class, let's say, there are basically two major hemispheres in the brain. Ideally, we like to have some communication between the two hemispheres because they have different functions in the human body and what i heard you say is that perhaps that natural cross communication between the left and right hemisphere of the brain is maybe more natural for the the woman and for the man the, there are some pathways and patterns within a hemisphere that the man is really good at now did i get that right is that what you're saying
1: yeah pretty pretty much yeah that's a good that's a good summary so, so the connectivities because the brain is c- connecting across the whole brain um or you know all the time as we perform different tasks but the patterning of the of the way the brain connects is different between men and women which results in this different way of paying attention
0: yeah so okay so this connectivity as you said between in the brain and how the brain is communicating with itself i guess i'll say yeah. let's talk yeah. about the male brain and the female brain what are the advantages of the way the female brain connects and what are the advantages of the way the male brain connects
1: yeah absolutely so, so um the female brain is is uh, probably going to be drawing on a broader context of information as, as she t- takes in information through the five senses so the female brain may will tend on average to pay more attention to the em- emotional and relational content of, of a given situation and might notice broader smaller details and the way that gets expressed can can um, be be in this emergent iterative way the male brain is more likely to go from input into direct coordinated action so the way uh, that we express this in the book is is that men the male brain given that neural patterning is very effective at solving problems and the female brain is is, um, effective at generating broader solutions. Now, both of those stances are are really useful when when you're solving a complex task in the workplace. And depending on the nature of that task, you might need both of those types of input to get to a really good outcome. Or you might have certain tasks that call upon more upon one style of paying attention over over another and this stuff is just good to know because if you know it then then you can make sure you're really playing to everybody's core underlying strengths
0: yeah so i really see an opportunity here for leveraging what different strengths exist in the workplace based on gender and the way the brain functions. So let's uh, use some examples so people can see this in their mind's eye. So when we think about the workplace, what might be some of those activities that let's say the female brain is particularly good at at work and also the same for the male brain and when is it helpful that they're both working together in a coordinated way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, if I take the lockdown recently, so one of my um, clients who has a very, so by the way, brain sex is that it's by no means binary. So it's not like all men's brains are like this and all women's brains are like that. It's very individual. And you can have a brain sex score that makes your, 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 it means that your brain is either very male or very female. Most of us have a kind of mosaic brain where it, we're, we're expressing both male and female characteristics. Um, But if I take um, an example of a female client during lockdown who has a very female brain, she um, was really very highly aware of the sort of network of relationships that were at play um, and where where certain individuals might have been disconnecting from, from the organization. And she spent an awful lot of time, you know, unpaid of an evening reaching out connecting people and networking them into the, into the, into the the greater whole of the organization. And I know in some cases she really helped keep people sane. And she also through her, her capacity to, to, um, sense what was going on for people emotionally, um, made sure that, 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 that they were enabled to, to thrive and brought to the attention of some of the more senior people in the business and, uh, some of what she did just by keeping people afloat, keeping people connected actually resulted in some, uh, one person one of the women in particular winning a very big sales contract with the organization, whereas this um, woman at the beginning of the lockdown had been really struggling. So her offline capacity to make those networks see the relational and emotional dynamic that was required was, was enormously helpful to the organization. An example of where a a male brain, um, a a more male brain was enabled to really to to perform at its best, I think, would would be uh, um, one of my clients who was asked to come in and look at the business operations for a particular outfit, again, through the lockdown. And he, he just was ruthlessly focused on the task and delivered a whole new kind of operating system very quickly and very easily without um, any any need to feel highly connected to the other members of his, his team. I'm giving a very extreme example. It sounds a little stereotypical, so forgive me for that, because I, th- I think the real beauty of understanding brain sex difference is enabling the com- complementarity um, to, to really come, come to the fore. But those were two recent lockdown examples, which um, I, I, I hope show how one can leverage brain sex difference at its best.
0: Yes. And thank you for just acknowledging the fact that really most of us are more of a mosaic brain <laughs> as opposed to fully male or fully female. It's all a matter of degree. And so you have to be a little bit extreme in describing this. However, in reality, none of us are really quite that extreme in most cases. So yeah. you gave some good examples that at least for the female brain person, paying attention to the relationships and those connections between people staying in touch, even when people are not in touch physically making that a priority. And when you gave them the male brain example, he was a person that was able to just sort of focus on the task in a, in a very um, unique way and quickly get to a solution. Now, as you and I both know in the workplace and, and you, you mentioned this, there is real advantage to having both of these brains side by side working together every day. So how might they work well together um, in in a good way without getting on each other's nerves? And then also, what are some of the challenge points because they do operate differently?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the teams I work with, they're very aware of, of individual brain differences and brain sex difference and they actively leverage it so when they're going into a client pitch they're involved in big commercial property development they will plan using the different brains in the team to inform their strategic planning sessions when they're in the negotiations with with clients they will make sure that they give each other proper airtime and pick up if somebody is trying to signal something about the way the negotiation is going. And then they will debrief again using the fact that their different brains bring different vantage points. So, for example, in one recent deal, the, uh, the female commercial director had just picked up and she didn't quite know why, but she'd picked up that the finance director on the other side wasn't quite happy about something. And it was kind of niggling away at her. There's a part of the brain which is more active and larger in women, which is the um, the ACG, the anterior cingulate gyrus, And that is the kind of worry wart of, of the brain. So it's a kind of scanning for how's everybody doing? and so she just kind of followed up and said to her boss who who's a has a very male brain he's a sort of classic alpha male mostly alpha male positive i have to say but and he said no you know the guy was fine you know what do you there's nothing there and she said no let me just double back on that one so she did and indeed there was an issue and the fd was feeling a little bit politically exposed on a certain aspect of the deal and the fact that she had followed up on the fact that picking that up in the in the negotiation he was very grateful for, and it um, enabled them to, to, to get that element of the deal done faster, smoother, better. So, um, and because they, the, both the boss and his commercial director, they know about the, the different um, aspects of their brain sex. They really pay careful attention to how they work together and and um, and bringing each other in to, to access the different perspectives. So it, it's something that you can quite deliberately consciously use in planning a negotiation, being in a room with, with uh, clients, um, you know, other teams, and then
0: debriefing afterwards. You know, my mind is scanning some experiences over the years where I'm seeing some connections to what you're talking about. So th- I'm thinking back to many, many years ago in dormitories, for example, college dormitories. And you had all male dormitories, you had all female dormitories. And what they discovered is that when they started moving to a more co-ed experience, was that instead of having a lot of property destruction and craziness that often occurred in all male dormitories, that putting the women in the dorm also had a socializing impact (laughs) And and perhaps it's this relational attention piece hmm. that you're talking about that sort of had that benefit. So sometimes colleges preferred the co-ed dorm because it meant they were going to have less property yeah. <laughs> damage yeah. the yeah. building. So this might be a way of how you know leveraging both together could be a, a good idea.
1: No, I was just gonna say absolutely, you know, the, the male brain and body has has um between Um, 10 and 20 times as much testosterone as the female brain and body and that is the the, the, um, hormone the neurotransmitter that drives the competitive and aggressive responses the female brain and body has a lot a lot more oxytocin which is the bonding hormone and um, that tends to drive the more collaborative response again one mustn't become overly stereotypical but it's it's fair to say that that men are on average more competitive and and the, the, than women and once you get that blend as you described it starts to impact um the behavior more broadly across a team
0: i'm thinking about a team that i'm working on right now where i'm a participant and i'm working with two male colleagues in this endeavor and one of the males in particular I would say probably has a strong male brain, highly testosterone focused. And the work that we're doing requires some delicate Mm. negotiations, influence strategies. And so we can know that we are right, if you will, about something. And yet it requires some diplomacy and how we have conversations with other partners that are outside of our three-person group. And so very frequently, when we're meeting amongst ourselves, it's like, you know, down and dirty, all all the crazy stuff that we want to say about, you know, those others out there and how we're interacting with them gets said there. And then I am the translator who then says, okay, now here's how we need to show up And often I'll be the front person because that is a natural skill for me. It's easier for me to show up in a way that would um, inspire the other Mm. side to to cooperate more as opposed to boom, we're just clashing in each other's faces. So as you're speaking about this, I'm applying it, you know, to some, you know, those circumstances, one from the remote past and one that's actually front Mm. and center right now. Yeah
1: yeah, absolutely. And it's good, you know, I had one of my more alpha male clients come and consult with me recently because just like you said there, uh, Dr. Karen, that he he had quite a sensitive negotiation to be, to go into, and he wanted to get quite edgy in the negotiation. And because he knows that he can get quite edgy and he's um he's very alpha, he can sometimes kind of lose the sense of the impact that he might be having on the other side. So he he knows how to sense check that, either with myself or other members of, of, of his team. Um and then you, you know, you can get the best of all worlds if if you kind of really tuned into your own brain, your own brain sex, how that tends to show up habitually. And 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 then you can add, form alliances with other people who can support you. And that's what I'm you know t- talking about, which is how do you get the best of all the brains?
0: Yeah, I love uh, that. Yeah, because I know with the group I was just talking about the alpha male colleague is very good at seeing the sparring points that are out yeah. there and the the potholes that we really are gonna to have to navigate. And yeah. so we need that, you know, we've got to yeah. understand that to be able to uh, be effective. And yet yeah. the how we engage and how we do it, that's where I come
1: in. So yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, yeah. I can see. Great example,
0: yeah. Exactly what you're talking about. Now I know, Kate, you also say that our individual brains are unique, kind of the way our fingerprints are unique as well. So tell me a little bit more about that. Let's talk about that.
1: Yes, really important, so so it's really useful to understand the the brain sex difference at a kind of meta level, yet what really matters is the individual brain. And each of our individual brains, like our, our fingerprint, has a kind of what I call trust print, so, it's the things that will light our brains up and put us into a thrive state, or the things that will make us, our brains, defensive on our behalf and put us into a survive state. And it's really important to know your own relational, emotional patterning, because then you can work with your brain to, to enable yourself to get into a sort of neurochemical thrive state, which is when you will be at your best, your most creative and you're most competent. So that's a great thing to, to know about your, your colleagues is what's their individual brain patterning? When are they in Thrive? What triggers that state for them? And when are they in Survive? And how can you help yourself and your colleagues get move out of a Survive state and into a, into a Thrive state? Because that's when you've got the neurochemistry that will enable your brain to really perform at its best. It's a very personal
0: thing. Sorry. Well, and let me ask: to what extent are there gender differences in the ease of ability? Let's say to move from you know kind of this defensive state into the thrive state.
1: Yeah, it's different triggers, and this is why I really wanted to to share the the insights from my my research with as many people as possible, because it you know it's more likely that the female brain will will get into a thrive state through collaboration, through relationship, through connection because of the the neurotransmitters and the the different levels of of hormone in in the female body and brain. And it's more likely that that men will enjoy the cut and thrust of a bit of competition and that that will trigger thrive for, for men on average. This is, you know, I'm being very stereotypical here. But of course, once one starts to get down into the individual's brain, um, it, you can then start to understand what is what you know. What is it that makes this the female colleague light up and, and go into thrive? and somebody with a very female brain will will require greater collaboration connection to get into thrive somebody with a very male brain you could you may be able to be quite direct quite tasky and and focus less on on the connection element and cause thrive for that person so but but it's intensely personal so i have two sons one of them has a where one is a very male brain 20 is a very female brain one is a two out of 20 so he has a very male brain um and my my younger son has a is a 12 out of 20 which is the same as me so he has a more female brain and um different different things light light them up and different things enable enable me to connect with them and because i understand a lot about their, their trust prints um, I can engage with them in their way, in their world very quickly. And that's, that's the same, the same at work, you know, when you really start to get that level of understanding of your, your colleagues and that the lens of brain sex is an incredibly potent way of doing that quickly.
0: You know, I'm thinking about the implications for education of children. And particularly I think at the grammar school kind of grades, the, the lower grades, we have predominantly female teachers. And many of the teachers are coming from a point of view of the collaboration and you know the, the working together and relationship. And boys may not be as wired for that as the girls and they may need something else to thrive. So this also has implications way even before we get to the workplace how children are educated and how they're prepared even for the workplace.
1: Yes, yes, ab- absolutely. And this is why I just, you know, it's why I ended up writing the book because as I got into my own research for, for w- working with my clients, it's like, I'd, everybody needs to know this stuff. It's so interesting and it's so helpful and it's so informative. And once you've got a level of awareness, you can then start to work with it in your own, in your own right. And um, You know, you don't need to be, a specialist or an expert, you can get an awful lot of value from the knowledge, um, regardless of, of of your circumstance. And so, it's it's helpful as a parent, it's helpful as a teacher, it's helpful as a as a as a business person.
0: Absolutely, you mentioned many things already that relate to competitive advantage, if you will, by leveraging. The diversity in the workplace between the male brain and the female brain what else would you identify as competitive advantage
1: yes well what, what i was looking at in the research where where are where do organizations have brains that are just simply not being tapped into and enabled to thrive um and, and that is a you know a, you, you've got like latent brain capacity in your in your building and you're not using it fully so The the competitive advantage comes from really wanting to understand what are all the individual brains that I've got in this team and across my business, and how many of those brains are spending their days in thrive or survive, because a brain that is in a thrive state will be producing the neurochemistry that like dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, that enables that brain to think well and so if you have a dominant culture that, that um, prefers or is, is better set up to enable one type of brain over another, you're, you, as a business, you're probably losing out on access to all of the brain power that you've got in your business. So what I have tended to find in my research is a lot of the big corporate cultures I work with are more suited, more set up for more male brains and therefore, you've got both men and women who are at the more female end of the brain sex spectrum. It's a bit like driving with the handbrake on, whose, whose brains are just simply not being as enabled as they as they might be. So it's about getting really curious about what you know, what's going on around here and how well am I enabling Thrive to happen in all the brains, not just some of the brains.
0: This is such an important concept because I think if I go back 30 plus years in the business world, where it was very much in the corporate sense, male brain dominant, if you will, there were many talented and gifted people who had more of a female brain sort of orientation. And yet there was not an appreciation for that value that that brings to the workplace. Yeah. And I think that, you know, sometimes and we can still get into this mindset of let's make everyone the same, <laughs> rather than oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how can we benefit from the fact that we're not all the same? There's really an advantage in that if you're willing to stop long enough to see it. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more,
1: Dr. Karen. I mean, you know, one of the ways I put this or we put this in the book is a lot of times a lot of business cultures expect women to be the best men they can be. And that is so missing the point. Um, And it's not just the best men they can be. It's a certain type and and that that's just missing a trick and and the real you know there's massive business product productivity upside in enabling all the different brains to just really be at their best and you need to do that by noticing what is the dominant culture how who is that culture supporting and who is it disabling and what needs to change and sometimes those changes might be quite big things and sometimes they might be very small but very impactful
0: you know this piece of the conversation is making me think about marriages between men and women and so often and i see it you know back in the olden days when i was uh, operating as a, more on the therapy side of clinical psychology now i'm in corporate consulting for many many years i would see sometimes many women who are wives and they're trying to change their husband In a sense, to be more of a female brain person rather than learning to appreciate the male brain and, you know, that he's bringing to the relationship. Both are important. They understood the value of their own style, not necessarily the value of their husband's style. And I would imagine something similar goes on in the workplace as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah, ab- absolutely. It is, as you said, right at the the, the front. You know, vive la différence. Yes, because, because uh, if we're if we're individually enabled to feel seen, valued, supported, then uh, we can uh, do the same for others. And that it is the difference that is is so potent and so in- enabling. And yeah trying to make men the, the women that they the best women they can be is as pointless as trying to make women the best men they can be,
0: you know? <laughs> yes, it's flawed in either direction if we're yeah. going that way as opposed to appreciating the difference that is Absolutely. there. So let's say a little bit more then about what does it take to create this brain gender-friendly mm-hmm. workplace,
1: yeah, great, great, great question. The first thing I think is is real curiosity about what is it. So be, be, be really curious to find out about brain gender, brain sex difference at a kind of generic level. And then to take that down into individual ways of, of interacting. So for example, um, one of the things I explore is how do you create brain friendly meetings where you set up your meeting in a way that is going to give you the best possible chance of hearing from all of the different brains in the room, um, regardless of whether they're very male, very, very female. Um, And and so you can put into place some simple work practices that, that take into account the way the brain works, which is we're emotional way before we're rational. And um, that needs to be um, factored in so that you can get your rational brain really on the pitch by settling down the emotional brain first, um, and then a re, you know a real commitment to look at each of the organizational systems. You know how do you recruit? How do you performance manage? How do you uh, career develop people? And are you in each of those processes? Are you really making sure that you're paying attention to? all the brains in the business and not just a subset of them.
0: You know, you mentioned how that you can, at least in a meeting, settle the emotional part first, since that's what we're gonna pay attention to anyway. And it makes me think about organizations that are going through significant change. And so often they like to jump right uh, to the intellectual part of it without dealing with the emotional response, the loss and all of these things. And of course, people aren't listening, they're not paying attention because they're not there yet. They're still in the emotional brain space. And so I see that as a good example of how Mm -hmm. that can play out at work. What are some other sort of practical tips or strategies that people can implement in the workplace so that they're paying attention to Mm -hmm. this brain friendly meeting, if you will? What else can they do?
1: Yes, so if at a really, really practical sort of um, minute level, the, um, there's a model uh, the, that I talk about called rich, with the, the rich communication model, which works in the way the brain works, which is kind of bottom up emotional brain first. So recognition always start with recognition. What is there to recognize, appreciate in, in the other personal people so that you demonstrate that you're really tuned in to them and where they where where they're coming from. Um, i for intention what is this conversation about so you're signaling to people's brains where this is going it's like signposting so that their 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 emotional brain their limbic system can settle down and relax it's not going to be hijacked then um, c for challenge what what's the challenge what's the what's the sort of difficulty the issue that we're here to think about And this starts to get the the cortex on the pitch, the problem-solving rational part of the brain. Um, What are we here to figure out together? And then H for hope, Let's, let's really engage the reward systems, the dopamine systems within the brain. What could this all look like when it's working really well? So rich is a really simple way of communicating, and you can use it to frame up the way you run your meetings, the way you have coaching conversations, and it's a really, it's got, it will set you up well for enabling the other people's brains to move out of a survive and into a thrive state. So very paying attention at a very simple level, moment by moment during the working day
0: to having rich brain-friendly conversations. Actually, so, I love that tool. That's wonderful. That's something people can sort of hang their hat on and, and even just check you know where are we on this have we you know covered this have we left room for this piece of you know the rich equation so you've given them something quite tangible that yeah. they actually can implement in the workplace which i think is great so i really appreciate that now we know a lot of times leaders and particularly executive leaders are very busy uh, in the workplace so what else can they do like something like that like a quick hit you just mentioned what else can they do to get the best you know out of different gender brains in the workplace
1: yeah um they can also measure you know make make sure that it's not just task related productivity measures that are in focus that it's also the uh, relational and emotional aspects of any situation so that so that everybody who is contributing to the success of of the output is is recognized and seen um and and that goes a hugely long way to enabling people to to feel seen and valued and motive and that that brings uh motivation with it in in uh, in, in great quantities so it's to take a more systemic view to look at you know what do we what are we measuring and valuing around here? So one of my clients, he said, Kate, do you know what we value the people who go out and you know hit the numbers and kill the big woolly mammoths. What we don't value are the people who work behind the scenes to enable them to do that. And that organization started to try and pay more attention to in their performance management, what were they valuing? Were they seeing some of the work that went on behind the sales drive? to enable those very talented salespeople to go out and do their jobs. And they started to measure that. And so people genuinely felt more included that their contribution was being valued. And um, that that has a, had
0: a huge impact for, the, for them on their productivity. Absolutely, you know, I think like anything, even when we're talking about leadership and leadership styles and approaches and so on, the leader has to get outside of thinking, this is what works for me. And has to look at the fact that just because I may not be wired this way or I don't need X, Y, and Z doesn't mean that others in my organization may not need these other approaches and that that's legitimate. It doesn't mean that they're flawed or something's wrong with them because they may need something different than what I might personally need. And I think many leaders have just got to do a little check like that in, you know, um, Different is not necessarily wrong. It's not necessarily inferior or bad. You know, it's just different. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if we get nothing else out of this, I think that's important being sensitive. You know to those differences and leveraging Absolutely. that
1: yes well for me one of i was delighted well, after one of the programs i ran one of them is in a finance uh, financial services organization one of the male mds sent an email to one of his female colleagues and he just said you know what i owe you an apology because i always thought you were coming at things from a slightly left field angle and i kind of just discounted what you had to say and now that i understand far more about male female brain sex differences." I understand that you're bringing just an angle that I just couldn't possibly have thought of myself. So my apologies, I've been really missing a trick and I will get going forward. I'll make sure I ask you, what do you think? And she was very much in the minority. There were very few female MDs in this particular organization. And for me, just that, you know, that raising the level of awareness mm-hmm. and for, for him to reach out and just say, whoa, okay, I get it. And actually, you know, if we, if we coordinate and, and share our thinking, we we can really two plus two equals five.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you're definitely doing a great service to organizations by raising the awareness and bringing this to the attention of people in the organization. Now I have sort of a a weird question. So I'll warn you ahead of time. Okay. So um, what about those people who let's say want to pursue a sex change operation, a biological man that says, "Okay, I'm going to become a, a woman now." What does your research say about the those efforts and what might happen?
1: Yeah, so um, directly involved in the research, I haven't had any um, participants yet who, who fit into that category, um, but I'd be absolutely fascinated to meet and talk with them when, when, when I, you know, when, as and when I do. Um, what might my, my, my so the brain, if you're, if you're born with a male brain, even if you subsequently have a sex change, the, the patterning of your brain will remain male. Your behaviours as you start to take on different hormones may start, will very likely start to shift. Um, so uh, not part of my research, but I, I was uh, talking to somebody who had had a sex change operation from a male to a female And he said he really noticed how much more he was interested, or she now was interested in connecting and collaborating and talking in a in a way that felt very different from um, her previous existence. Um, But that she felt that she she was very happy to be away from being being more competitive. Um, And so you you know your the fundamental sex of your brain won't change. Um, That that remains as as. Um, as per the brain that you were born with your behaviors may change as as you go through the the hormonal shift but again I come back to this fact that it's all about the individual brain so you know understand that person what lights them up what triggers survive what triggers thrive and enable that that brain to be to be in, in thrive and and you know understand that from from those experiences just the huge difference in capacity to understand other people's perspectives that that will exist in that brain because that's a massive um opportunity for for a business to to tap into that level of insight in such a profound way in a way that a lot of us just won't have
0: So I guess what I'm really hearing in this is the age old question of nature and nurture, as we always talk about, there are some elements that are kind of hardwired in. And then of course, our environments and what we expose ourselves to in the environment also impacts us. So there's a both and component. However, you on some level, you truly can't erase Uh, the biology that comes with the nature part. So, So thank you for sharing about that aspect as well. So Kate, tell us about your book, All the Brains in the Business, The Engendered Brain in the 21st Century Organization. Why did you write that book? How does it benefit companies and leaders? And tell us how people can get it and so on.
1: Yes, sure. Now, when when I started to really investigate what does it take for an organization to create the conditions for optimal brain performance, um, because this was during the financial crisis uh, way back in 2008, I was just seeing so many brains that were kind of being fried by the stress and the cultures that they were working in and i got very interested in what's the return on investment on those brains you know you're paying these brains a lot of money so why would you then stress them out to that degree and stop them from doing their best work that's when the my research started um and that's when i realized that to create the optimal conditions for brains to perform at their best you cannot ignore gender Um, You've got to to pay attention to brain sex difference. And as I got into the research and working with my clients, um, I just thought, wow, everybody needs to know this. It's so helpful, hence the book. And the book is uh, my desire to share the the insights and the conversations with it with as many people as, as possible and it it is um available on amazon so if you just look up all the brains in the business on amazon you'll find it in in the hard copy and virtual e- ebook uh format so you know do, my big um invitation to people is to just you know get interested get curious raise your awareness and and this book
0: is just that you know what one of the starting points for 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 doing that excellent and so kate if they also want to know more about your company, please let them know your website address as well so that they can be in touch. Sure. Yes. It's uh,
1: www.mindbridge.co.uk. So MindBridge is is the company and I'm on LinkedIn as well. Just if you check out Kate Lands on LinkedIn and just, you know, link in, join up, ask questions. I'm just very keen to create as big a conversation and get people interested because uh it, it's
0: to uh, to everybody's benefit so find out more absolutely thank you for saying that and I'll remind people it is uk <laughs> yes. website address so keep that in mind it's not a dot com <laughs> and we'll put it in the show notes as well so people can find you so, Kate, before we end today, what words of wisdom do you want to leave for my audience of executive business leaders?
1: Yes, thank you. I think the, the key thing for me is focus on thrive. Focus on enabling thrive in your own brain in the first instance and, and then enabling thrive in other people's brains. And you can do that one conversation at a time if you just pay a little attention to to um to, to enabling the person to 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 feel seen and and heard and valued and thrive is what will make the world go around and enable us to solve many of the problems that we we've got to solve as a as human beings so so focus on thrive
0: i love that i mean i love this whole idea of focusing on thrive and the implication that mm-hmm. we can do that one conversation at a time it's no reason why all of us can't thrive. So thank you so much for being my guest and for sharing those words of wisdom, plus everything else that you shared with us today.
1: That's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Dr. Karen, for the invitation. It's been
0: been great. You are welcome. And so to my uh, voice of leadership and Dr. Karen Speaks Leadership audiences, here's what I want to remind you of. The differences that we see between men and women are valuable differences, the way that the male brain operates, the way that the female brain operates, they each bring unique and important and complementary, valuable assets. So in the workplace, you want to leverage all of that so that you can become an environment that's using all of the resources that you have available. And not disenfranchising any of those resources. And we also learned from Kate today, not only does this apply to the workplace, I think it also applies to personal relationships such as marriages. It also applies to the educational system and how we are preparing children. So we want to learn to value each other and to create the conditions where everyone can thrive. Everyone is seen, heard and valued for who they are. That's a wonderful workplace to think about creating. So as we're closing today, there is a biblical verse that I'd like to share today in our biblical word of wisdom. And this comes from 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, starting with verse 11. And the apostle Paul is really carrying on a conversation here about how men and women really need each other. The world doesn't exist with just one or the other. And so he says, neither is man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man in the Lord. For as woman came from man, even so, man also comes through woman, but all things are from God. and leadership resources.